He carried his navy working jacket slung over his shoulder. His index finger crooked through its hanging loop. His mop of fair hair appeared not to have seen a comb for a week, as usual. He raised his head and Carrie looked quickly away. Lemon juice against the freckles. Sure, we could all be doing with some of that today, Miss Burgess. It was the ganger of the permanent way men who had spoken, Martin Sharkey, a middle-aged man, almost as wide as he was tall. Sweeping off his bonnet in salute, he wiped his broad and shining forehead with the back of his hand. It's a devilish warm day, eh? Consciously or not, his eyes went to the jug of lemonade. Jumping to her feet, Carrie lifted the chunky green glass pitcher and the tumbler she had put out for Matt and walked over to the fence. Weaving a little to avoid her dress catching on the potato shores, she picked her way daintily round the edge of the vegetable patch on one of the paths her father had constructed to divide his garden into its different areas. Would you like a drink? With a sweep of the hand which held the tumbler, she indicated that the invitation encompassed the whole group. She was going to be in trouble if they all accepted, even if each man took a gulp from the same glass. What the heck, she could always fetch the second jug she'd made left in the scullery to keep cool. The pee-way men had a tough job, out in the open all day and subject to the vagaries of the climate. In the case of the west of Scotland, those were considerable. Freezing fog, ice, slush and snow, scorching heat and torrential downpours. The fine misty rain which could go on for weeks, penetrating coats and jackets and shoes. Sometimes, as the old joke went, you got them all at the same time, although that wasn't really a joke at all. Everyone had experienced days when Mother Nature flung all four seasons at you at once. No thanks, lassie, said one of the men, but it's kind of you all the same. He tipped his bonnet politely and headed off down the platform. Three of the other men followed his lead, leaving only their foreman standing by the fence, and Ewan Livingston. She darted another glance at him. Was she imagining that faint look of reproach on his pale face? Sharkey surveyed them both thoughtfully. I'll be getting on too, Miss Burgess, but you and here'll take a glass of your lemonade, won't you, son? They stood for a minute or two gazing after the ganger, watching as he caught up with the rest of the squad. Heavy-footed in their working boots, the men clattered over the bridge to the other platform, and then were swallowed up by the cavernous exit at the end of it. It framed a steep flight of stairs, which led down into the hustle and bustle of Partick. Carrie pulled back the bolt on the platform gate. Invisible from the railway side, it was an integral part of the picket fence. Like the villain coming up through the stage floor at the pantomime, she had often enjoyed surprising an unsuspecting passenger by suddenly emerging from the riot of rhododendron bushes, interspersed with the occasional silver birch or rowan tree, which tumbled along both sides of the garden. Will you come in for a wee minute? Carrie hoped she didn't sound as reluctant as she felt. She'd been avoiding him for over a month, since the railway social club Cayley at Partick Borough Hall. She owed him an apology for that night, when, not to put too fine a point upon it, she had used one young man to make another jealous. 
she repeated the invitation, forcing herself to look Ewan in the face. Compared to him, she had to admit her own freckles paled into insignificance. His, darker than his tousled locks, marched across his cheeks and nose in the summer months. Yet underneath them, his complexion was as smooth and creamy as her own. Do you want me to? Ewan asked gravely. Of course, she said, turning about and leading the way back to the deck chairs. If she got the exam results she was hoping for, and her teachers had said they would be astonished if she didn't, she was heading for nearby Jordan Hill College after the summer holidays to start her teacher training. Last month, she had met a recently qualified member of the profession at a tennis party up on Partick Hill. The young woman had insisted that one of the most important qualities required when facing a classroom full of...